This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the anti-Christ of professional wrestling! I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. The Angle on a pole match. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. McMahon and the family, the rock, they screwed us all. Now you're the editor, right? Yes, I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Everybody to the Raw Review Show. I am Vince Russo. This is the great Stevie Richards. Away on assignment is Ben. Fuck me. What's going on, Stevie? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm a little worried about Ben. He disappears on 9-11. That's a bit strange. Yeah, I, I don't ask any questions. <laughs> I don't ask any questions. No, bro. like a lot of citizens don't ask questions since nine yeah. eleven. But yeah, Ben's feeling a little under weather, and also his stress level is pretty high. Trying to deal with the state of New York, yeah, with man. this uh, cannabis thing has just been. I wish they would just get. Yeah, I wish they would just kind of like admit finally hemp, cannabis, all this yeah. stuff, and yeah. we can talk about that more on Master Sheet Theater as one of the topics about how do we get to this point where people abandoned hemp when it was something George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers, hemp, right. all that stuff, cannabis, they were big users and big purveyors of it. And then all of a sudden, William Randolph Hearst, the Rockefellers, everybody stepped in and disappeared. It's been criminalized yeah. ever yeah, that since. Would be a great, uh, that would be a great topic to talk, talk about on Massachusetts Theater. Yeah, are you still going, doing the Glass Onion show? Oh, yeah, bro. I did this week. Um, yeah, bro. I don't know what it is about talk show hosts, but Rolling Stone uh, just did a huge article about like Jimmy Fallon is like a nightmare to work with. And and like 18 of his former employees and some current ones uh, came forward and it, it's it's Ellen DeGeneres all over again like it's the same exact story and bro you know this there's, there's been alleged rumors but it's it's been a little bit more than rumors for a very very long time that you know Fallon's got a serious drinking problem mm -hmm. and, yeah. and and according to the um the, you know the former employees and current ones bro they never show they never know what Jimmy Fallon's going to show up for work and if he's had a little too much to drink, bro, he's yeah. he's like a nasty, nasty drunk, man. You know, I was about to say not not knowing what version of your boss is going to show up. We're pretty familiar with that, too. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, bro, I, I did a whole show about it. Like and the one thing I talked about was like, you know, bro, when, when I look at Fallon and DeGeneres and they got their own talk shows and, you know, n n now their ego goes through the roof. You know, bro, it's really weird because I kind of broke down um, me working for for Vince. And, bro, like I wouldn't necessarily say Vince had an ego. The one thing about Vince, bro, was he he got off on people fearing him, but he never did. He never really provoked that. In other words, it was folklore. You know what I mean? Of you know, they they painted the picture of this Vince McMahon that was the powerful and my, mighty as you can't get in to talk to him. You know that, but he never really provoked it. He got off on it, but he never really provoked that. I can't sit here and really say that I saw an ego like that in Vince McMahon. I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, it, Vince would. 
very much react or treat you or value you according to the fact if you're intimidated by him or not. Now, obviously, it's a thin line. You, If you disrespected him or if you acted way too familiar with him, the, the, the same result, whether you're intimidated or you act way too comfortable. One of my proudest moments was Vince asked me in his own gym and his own building that he owned if he could jump in and do a set with me, and I told him no. And he laughed and laughed <laughs> and laughed. Awesome. He that thought it was awesome. Yeah. And then and then six months later, I could have did the same thing and he could have fired me right on the spot. You, right. That's right. kind of the I think that's kind of the thing with Vince though. He is very much it just seemed like whatever way Vince woke up that day could determine the path of your career. So it's not an ego thing, right? But it's very much felt like a very much a pie uh, excuse me, a bipolar type of experience with him you never yeah. knew what you were going to get yeah yeah bro i gotta tell you this too steve you'll be you know listen the thank god bro knock on wood and everything else the condition you're in probably saved your life i i, I don't i don't know if anybody who was out of shape overweight you know bad cardio i i don't know if they would have been able to kind of you know, live through what, you know, the, the recent scare that you had, bro. Um, because I, I mean, you take such tremendous care of yourself, but bro, with me, I got to take uh, baby steps. So you're going to be, you're going to be proud of my latest accomplishment, bro. Okay. Stevie, I started like, I, I live in a retirement home. Okay. And, and I realized Bro, if I go, bro, th there's an indoor pool, an outdoor pool, and a hot tub. Okay. Wow. If I go an hour before they all close down at night, bro, I have all three to myself. That there is not one single person in there. So I started going, I started going down there. Bro, I I remember like a couple of months ago, I did one lap swimming. Bro, I thought I was going to have a freaking heart attack. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. So, Stevie, I started going down there every day, and every day I went there, I uh, I increased the lap. It went to two laps, and then it went to three laps. Bro, I'm like Mark Spitz now. Bro, I'm I'm swimming oh, you laps. Stop right, you got to stop right there. Who's this guy you just mentioned? <laughs> Mark, Mark Spitz. You don't know Mark Spitz? No, I'm, I'm oh, bro, I think, that age, but I'm not, not quite Yeah, there. bro, I, th I think it was 72. Mark Spitz won like eight Olympic gold medals in swimming, like 1972, bro. Nice. But, bro, I'm swimming in there like a fish doing laps back and forth now, Steve. You see, it, that, that's a little victory for me, a little victory. No, that's huge because I, I have the, you know, it's funny we're we're on the same wavelength because – I'm about to start swimming again now. You know, it's hot out still, but not quite as hot. But same thing. One lap and every day increase a lap. And then if yeah. I'm stuck, I stick with that lap amount for a week. You're you're perfect. That's progressive overload right there. Whether you're lifting weights, swimming, running, doing whatever, you increase the difficulty very minutely or else you're going to not be able to do it tomorrow or the next right. day. So right. Right. You know, swimming is probably the best I mean, there's swimming, jump rope, and these are all outdoor activities. So obviously, you're getting vitamin D as you work out. Yeah, there's some of the best workouts you can get. And the fact yeah. you don't have to maintain the pool or put the chlorine <laughs> and pay for that stuff. Oh is yeah, it's awesome, man. It's so. And I don't know, I bro, I don't know where all these senior citizens are. But I live in a community with thousands of people. I'm the only one mm -hmm. that has access to two pools and a hot tub. I don't know where these people are, bro. Or you visit my in-laws all the time. Same thing. 55 plus, they have a pull on a hot tub. That thing is empty 99% of the time. Yeah. Well, speaking of empty, uh, we, <laughs> bro, listen, we've been saying this all along, man. We're up against Monday Night Raw last night. Stevie, I got to tell you, because somebody asked me this question um, yesterday. I, bro, the, the rating today is going to be horrible. Like, like seriously, bro, if you think anybody was watching Rhea Ripley and Rackle Rodriguez instead of the Bills and Jets, you're you're out of your freaking minds. The the rating today, bro, we're probably looking at as low as at least one of the hours is going to be as low as 1.3 million. OK, but now, Stevie, here's the question. And I do think this is going to happen. Here's the question. Yesterday. 
um, was officially the very first day that Vince McMahon was no longer the majority owner of the WWE. Okay. Now, bro, listen, by the looks of things with this show, bro, they are going to get pounded by Monday Night Football. I mean, pounded more than ever before. I got to believe, Stevie, at this point, Endeavor is going to do something. I mean, with the money, you know, Ari spent on the WWE. And if he, if he sees this, this rating on Monday nights go down to close to 1 million people. I mean, again, I don't care how much money the WWE is making. I would have to believe that at some point he's going to ask questions, um, as to what the hell happened to the television ratings. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that because now we're dealing with people that actually run real corporations and the bottom line and the money and the you know the quarterly profits. And now they're going public too. So they have to answer to a whole nother set of stockholders that may be brand new or transferred over or combined in the merger. I don't know the details, but Ari, whoever else is in charge of Endeavor with the new company TKO, there's a lot. And, and they're going to come in and anytime there's a merger or a takeover, lots of people are going to get fired. They're going to get laid off. And my guess is most of those people are going to be on the WWE side, which means now even more people from outside the bubble are going to be taking a look and auditing every single level of the way this company and product works. Yeah. You know, the good part is that we may get more pay-per-views. They said overseas, which are always going to be hot. So you have that SmackDown Saturday pay-per-view type thing. That's a positive, but they may even look at some of the talent because UFC fighters, if you're not performing, if your quarter hour is not, they might go back to looking at quarter hours. If yeah. your quarter hour isn't doing well, they could start releasing talent. The girls, they put them in the main event. They could look at that and say, oh, that's never going to happen again because we drew a 1.1 during that quarter hour. So, man, it's a lot of come to Jesus moments that could come in the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I got to tell you, man, one, one, you know, again, I, I think Stevie, what you're talking about here is uh, accountability and, and I'm watching this show last night and, and this is what boggles my mind, bro. Listen, anybody knows in order to be a successful professional wrestler, in order to be a wrestler, uh, that's going to make the company money, a wrestler that's going to make money themselves, bro. It's a two headed monster. Yes, you have to be able to perform in the ring, but the second half of that, bro, is you need character, you need personality, you need that it factor. So, Stevie, we spent so many weeks and even months where we do the whole Shayna Baszler, uh, um, uh, Ronda Rousey angle, and 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 we're watching this, bro, and we're all saying. Shayna Baszler is never going to get over. She's never going to get over. She can beat Ronda Rousey. Also, she's never going to get over, never, ever going to get over. Then they take that Zoe Dachanel uh, chick, and they give her the Trish Stratus rub. And we're looking at Zoe, and, like, it's so easy for me, you, and Ben to tell, bro, there is no it factor there. She's just another wrestler on the card. You can rub her up against Trish all you want. She ain't going to get over, bro. She don't have it. So they do these experiments, bro. And what happens? Neither girl gets over on their own. So now we're just going to put them together and make a tag team out of them. Here's my question. Of all people that should understand the it factor, you think it would be Shawn Michaels and Triple H. So so the, these two women are going through the NXT program, and you mean to tell me that arguably one of the top most charismatic figures in the history of the business, Shawn Michaels. Literally, you can argue that, bro. Top five when it comes to charisma and the it factor. Bro, you're going to tell me these girls are going through this system and Sean does not see 
that a big part of what it takes to be a star is not there? I just don't understand, Stevie, of how is it that they're investing so much time and money on certain individuals and me, you, and Ben are sitting here the first week saying they're never going to get over and they never get over. What is going on, bro? Is it just poor judgment? I don't understand that. Well, we, we can use an NFL analogy, an NFL GM analogy with this, or even players that become office personnel or GMs or owners. They can be excellent players. Let's let's even say players to a coach. You can be a great player, an amazing player, a legendary player, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't make you automatically a great coach, a great talent evaluator, a good GM, or even a decent GM. So we put this here, and and then the wrestler ego comes into play. Shawn Michaels and Triple H, in their careers, mostly everything they've ever done has gotten over. So it should be very easy to be able to get other talent over. But they don't have the right, in my opinion, they don't have the right eye they don't have it because what, what happens in wrestling is even more so than football, you get over by being selfish and cutthroat and thinking about yourself first. Mm-hmm. Other people that have not been great football players or backup quarterbacks like Doug Peterson and other people have been great Super Bowl coaches, Super Bowl winning coaches. And Bill Belichick was in football but never played, but he was groomed to be a coach. Mm-hmm. That's his mindset. So long story short, you know, it doesn't even make a good agent. I've had Ricky Steamboat and other people that have not been the best agents that I could that I could really rely on for having a great match. Yeah. No, no indictment on them. They were great talents, but it doesn't always translate. As a matter of fact, it doesn't ever really translate into great office evaluation. Yeah. Yeah, Do you agree it, with that? Oh, yeah, no, 100%, bro. Like, a- absolutely. Well, you talk about writing a show, so give that analogy. The, the boys and the talent think they can write a TV show. Yep. It's no different than evaluating the talent. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But, bro, like, off the bat, he, he, here's the problem with this, this show. My feel, again, you know, word, hat, word on the street is, uh, Vince McMahon was changing everything at the last minute, yada, yada, yada. Bro, he, he, when, when you start this show, here's the problem with the entire theory behind this show. Okay. Stevie, we got a, we got a, um, talent in the way of Jey Uso that just went, the character just went through this whole journey of getting away from the bloodline and 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 getting on his own, becoming independent of his family. We just went through months and months and years and years of this. Okay, bro, so finally now he's on Raw as a solo wrestler. Okay, bro, so you 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 want me to believe after going through years and years of a journey to be independent and get away from the bloodline, you now want me to believe that now he's going to join Judgment Day. That, that, that's what you want me to believe. It took me three years to get out of this, so now I'm going to get with another faction. So the fact of the matter is that's a ridiculous premise. The guy's never going to get, get with Judgment Day. So that leads to the second problem. If the guy's never going to join another faction because he just got out of one, well, then when he, you know, accidentally or non-accidentally kicks Kevin Owens, you know it is an accident because he's not going to join Bloodline because he's not going to join Judgment Day because he just got out of Bloodline. So everything you're trying to sell me is unbelievable off the bat with the freaking premise. And and this this is the main part of the story that – Oh, is he going to join Judgment Day? Well, if we go according to your story for the last couple of years, no. Well, did he purposely kick Kevin Owens? Well, if we go with your story for the last three years, it's obviously no. He didn't do it on purpose. So, bro, they're, they're, they're trying to hook us with a premise that is 
absolutely ridiculous based on their form of storytelling. I, I mean, right or wrong, Stevie? Yeah, there's a lot wrong with uh, what, the way they're handling Jey Uso, I thought was a breakout star within that group with the bloodline. He really stood out. The problem is, there's two problems. Number one, yeah, he's not going to join another faction. Number two, he's finally on his own. So let's team up with the guy we used to beat up every week, Kevin Owens. And let's forget about everything we watch. And Kevin Owens is stupid because he ends up trusting Jey Uso after everything that's happened and the way they treated Sammy and all that stuff. Then this is might be the kiss of death unless he stays in there calling himself main event Jey Uso and not being in the main event of Raw. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Yeah, no, you're you, right. You, you're right. You pigeonhole yourself into a corner to look like a failure if you're not always in the main event. So yeah. they've already made him look like a failure in so yeah. many different ways. And I got to tell you, bro, I think this will change over time. I really do. But I got to tell you this, bro. His first two opening segments the last two weeks – when he's in there by himself and his brother isn't with him and he's not playing off Roman Reigns, bro, him on the mic in these first two weeks, he, 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 he seems nervous. Like mm -hmm. he, he's coming across as very nervous and very uncomfortable. I think that will change with time, but you know, bro, you got to look at it, man. He's been with his brother for so long. They were in that bloodline angle for so long. He was playing off of other people. Now, all of a sudden, he's being put out there by himself, and you you could tell it feels a little awkward. Well, the reason is is because I think you have coached many talents on this, too. You still, like Austin, Rocky, Taker, we use that analogy all the time. They were the same exact character, but who they were against and who was in the storyline is what turned them heel or babyface. Jay is almost scared to go too far pandering babyface, but he doesn't think he can still be really rough and kind of intense Jay Uso as he was as a heel. I think he's trying to figure out the happy medium. I would tell Jay, be the same exact Jay Uso you were as a heel. Now the people are just cheering you. I yeah, think that's exactly. what we're sensing. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, so we have this match, and he, you know, kicks Jay. Did he mean it? Did he not mean it? You know, it's, it's just, it's nonsensical. Um, so uh, in the back, we got, you know, Rackle Rodriguez with Natalia. We got Owens and uh, Jay. Um, Imperium shows up, blah, blah, blah. Bro, then again, like, listen, man, again, I I'm not picking on the performers. I am not picking on the performance, but Stevie, here we are, and I'm looking at Miz and Tazawa. We, we we already know the outcome. Very predictable. We've already seen this match. They've done nothing with either one of these guys for God knows how long. Stevie, we got Monday Night Football on the other channel. Who who who's watching this match, bro? It it's a shame because the bumps are all the same, whether you have high ratings, low ratings, high pay, low pay. So I feel bad for the talent as well. But I tell you, NFL, man, whether real or not, the hook of Aaron Rodgers getting hurt four plays into the offensive drive and people tuning in and staying tuned in to see if he's going to do the spirit of 76 right. and come back into the game. And then the game turns out to be exciting too. You can't compete with reality, dude. You just can't compete with real. And now you figured everybody's going to be talking about the sale of WWE or the merger being finalized. No, they're talking about this one player from the New York Jets yeah. all week long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, bro, Stevie, then we go into this uh, Rachel Rodriguez 1,000% wrestling promo, bro. Like any any wrestler could have cut this promo and said the same exact things that she said, bro, this is why nobody gets over that. They're, they're so afraid. They got to memorize this script. They got to stick to this script. And she just comes along as a nameless. She just comes across as a nameless, faceless wrestler. That's cutting a wrestling promo that you could give to anybody else on the roster. And seeing through the promo in the match, 
so nervous to be in the main event. Did you sense that? Like she yeah. was, yeah. You know, you're marking out for it, but you didn't feel it. Didn't feel like she belonged. She felt like she belonged in that spot. Yeah, yeah. But um, th- th- I have a question I, I, for you on a physical thing, real quick. Uh, just for all the things we're watching. There you go, real quick. Yeah. Um, well, I got a pick line. You don't. Uh, <laughs> did you feel like there was? I don't know if the talent felt like they were trying out for the new company or something, but when it got physical, man, you talk about egg beaters and just the, this stuff. And I it felt like everybody, it was so sloppy physically when there was a brawl, it just, it felt like everybody was trying way, way too hard for some yeah, reason. You're, you're right about that. CV. There was a lot of that last night, man. A lot of that. Yeah. But, um, Even guys like Gunther, who seem like he's pretty good with pacing, he was doing those little egg beaters too, and it was just, it just felt off the whole yeah. show. I'm, I'm with you, bro. It, it just, to me, this show came across like everything's just all over the place. And then I'm reading this morning, uh, Vince McMahon, last minute changes. But anyway, bro, he, 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 there's so many things, Stevie, that are absolutely ridiculous or, or make no sense. So we've got imperium cutting the promo and uh you know gable comes to the ring and gable the baby face tells gunther you caused my daughter to cry and i'm like i'm watching this and i'm like no dude your daughter cried because you lost the match <laughs> that's <laughs> nothing to do with Gun- gunther did nothing to make your daughter cry you lost the match, bro. That's why she cried. And I'm like, I swear to God, Stevie, I'm like, who is writing this stuff, bro? It's We live in 2023. And, then, you know, even though there have been people, just an analogy, have been, have been kind since I've, I've been recovering from the spine infection and, and we're checking in. For the most part, especially in a wrestling sense when it comes to matches and stuff, Nobody cares about your family. Nobody cares about your daughter. Nobody cares that she cried. Win or lose, that's all we care about. Entertain us. We don't care about your family. We got a family of our own. Right. Is that true? Absolutely So, so true. it Absolutely. could almost turn Chad Gable in. He, they could turn on him and be like, stop crying, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially, bro, especially that that audience and the wrestling audience today. Like, bro, do do. 80% of these people even have children. I mean, look, look, look at your average wrestling should, fan today. Should they have children is a better question. No, plus. they shouldn't. <laughs> that, that's the point, man. Look at, look at your regular average, average wrestling fan today. Do they know anything about being a father or having a children? Like, but anyway, then, you know, if, then, Gunther, then, if Gunther said, I, I got, I got off on making your daughter cry. That ex- I don't get excited exactly. very often. And then he got punched in the face for yeah. even, don't you ever even mention my daughter, you piece of shit. Yeah. You know, right. Him. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, Champa makes the save for no reason uh, whatsoever. God, bro. Then we get into this Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods stuff. And the storyline here, Stevie, is that, you know, Wood says that (laughs) McIntyre is jealous of Kofi because Kofi won his title in a in front of a lot of people and McIntyre won his title in front of nobody. So he's jealous. Who comes up with this stuff, Stevie? Yeah, I, I. It, is New Day supposed to be heels now? What What's going on? And he, Drew had a heelish kind of thing during the match, or, or just I got that impression. But also at the same time, that makes Drew. I admire Drew even more for carrying the COVID era. Right. I, I, right. It's very strange, these kinds of things. It's very, very And I would have said, I would have really turned around and said, well, that's cool. I held the title for more than four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Brock exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's I I don't I don't know where they're going with this, but here's the problem, bro. It's not that I don't know where they're going with this. Here here's the issue. I don't care where they're going with this. That that that's the problem, bro. Go go with it wherever you want. I don't you're you're not hooking me with this because I don't care. There's no meat on that bone, bro. 
Yeah, and then like what's weird about the way the company is now compared to the years we worked, Xavier Woods going 50-50 with a monster like Drew McIntyre. Xavier Woods doing a, a flip power bomb to a guy that weighs 280. Like everything yeah. about that match was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it, bro. God, then here's another thing, bro. So you you got Cody cutting his promo. He gets jumped by Dominic and and, and McDonough. He winds up, one guy winds up beating, beating two guys from the group that runs the place. They run the place, but two guys can't take Cody Rhodes. But here's my question, bro. So Cody Rhodes is you know, getting the best of Dominic and McDonough. Where's Priest and Baylor? Ben and, ben and I talked about this because AJ was not only getting beat up by one faction on SmackDown, he was getting beat up by Judgment Day and um, the Bloodline. And earlier that day, he got beat up by Jimmy Uso in the back. In between that and getting beat up at the end, Guess who uh, was in a backstage segment with AJ? Who? The OC. Oh, yeah. The worst friends you could ever ask for. My God, bro. Like, I I don't understand. Bro, even if Vince is rewriting this stuff at the last minute, there has to be somebody who says, wait a minute, man. If we change this or change that, this is not really going to make sense. Somebody has to say that, Stevie. Well, I used to rely. I yeah. used to rely on on that because you know Dutch Mantel would always say, you know, we had too many moving parts. I would rely on people to tell me when something fell through the cracks, when when we missed something, when we missed the detail, because I knew with everything going on in the show. Something was going to be missed. I relied on other people to tell me that. Well, because you don't have an ego and you're not in an emperor has no clothes uh, scenario like in WWE and probably AEW. This day, I know you're not a big fan of recaps, but we I'm going to recap one more thing from SmackDown. I'm going to paint this picture. Paul Heyman's talking to Adam Pierce. LA Knight walks in. Paul talks about, I'm a huge fan. I love the end, all that stuff. Um, goes to shake L.A. Knight's hand. L.A. Knight shakes his hand, but doesn't hold on or try to do like, hey, man, I don't like you. I don't like Roman Reigns or I'm coming for your boy. Nothing. Then Paul dresses down L.A. Knight and says, hey, next time, knock. Knock when I'm in here. And L.A. Knight doesn't beat the shit out of Paul Heyman. He goes, yeah, and then walks away. Uh, I, 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 he just and you know what ben and i were saying why isn't la Knight bringing this up to the writers they all have to be job scared to some degree because do, i would bring it up and i'm i was a lower card guy and i would still ask you questions right hey man oh absolutely absolutely nah. Bro, my, my philosophy was always this when, when, when no matter where i worked here's what i understood so, Stevie, I'm writing a show, and I'm writing I, – I, I got to think about 30 people. I know Stevie Richards is thinking about Stevie Richards all week long. That's who he's concentrating on, Stevie Richards. So now when Stevie Richards comes to me at the day of TV – and, you know, either I wouldn't say this or I wouldn't do this or how about we do this – Obviously, I know it's going to make sense because you've been thinking about your character all week. I depended on talent for that, bro. And on the other end of that, too, sometimes talent, what's the saying, can't see the forest through the trees. Right. I would be thinking in a one-dimensional thing, but you're thinking in entire format and storylines. So you would come back and say, and if I was really wanting the best product out there for myself and the company, you would say, yeah, that's cool, but... This is what we're thinking for the next three, four, six weeks. And I'm like, right. oh, okay, right. cool. Right. Oh, right. cool, man. Okay. And then we're off to the races. Yeah, but man. why isn't that happening? I don't isn't it, know. Isn't it exciting anymore to collaborate in wrestling and try to put out a product? Doesn't seem to be. 
I, I, bro, I don't know that to me, to me, I, I welcome that with open freaking arms, man, because I, I go back every, to what I said, ego, you don't have an yeah, ego man. about it. And you know, and, and here's what it was with me, bro. Every talent was different. Every talent thought differently, you know? So when I, when I'm having a conversation with the rock and then Austin and then Paul Barra, the minds are completely different. I, I I don't know what happened, bro. Uh, then then we have Chelsea Green against Shayna Baszler, and they this turns into a pact between uh, Baszler and Zoe Stark. And uh, oh my, Stevie, I swear I was talking to Doctor Chris yesterday. Stevie, remember when when the business used to be all about putting asses in seats. It is is anybody going to buy a ticket to see Shayna Baszler? Is anybody going to buy a ticket to see Zoe Starks? And he, here's why the ratings are going down, Stevie, because the same question is, are they going to put viewers in front of a television set? So, like, serious, like, who is tuning in to see Shayna Baszler and, 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 and Zoe Stark? Who is tuning in to see what happened to the asses in seats? Well, I'll ask you a question back because I feel like the WWE outside of their little PR women's evolution thing, do not believe a girl can get over on her own. They put them with a group, even Rhea Ripley, who's the most over China like girl. She's in a group. China was in a group, I believe, because she was trying to learn how to wrestle and she needed to be, yeah. you yeah. know, kind of covered for a while. But you got the beautiful people over. Then you talk about TNA did an excellent job. The beautiful people, Awesome Kong, Gail Kim, Victoria, even when she went there, and all all the girls during that Odie, time. ODB. ODB. I'm sorry if I left out any names. Yeah, but, there's but so many. Right, I mean, there were so many girls that got over on their own. You forget. Now there's so many girls that are not getting over on their own. You forget. So yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, they don't believe in the truth is in their actions or non-action. They do not believe these girls can get over on their own. So they just lump them together. You guys take turns teaming. Then you guys take turns teaming, take turns teaming. And there's your women's division. And, and if they think they can't get over on their own, then why are they there? <laughs> right, right. See, why are they there? I mean, why is anybody there? I don't think they, I don't think they trust any talent to get over on their own. Steve, I got to ask you this because you are not a father, but but I but I am because he he here's the next question mark. So now we got Rollins out there, and Rollins <laughs> Rollins basically says, "Yes, I'm a liar. Yes, I'm a cheater. Yes, I'm a manipulator." But yes, I'm also a father, <laughs> bro. Bro, that is what I would want my kids to know. I yeah. would want my kids to know. Hey, kids, listen. I am your father, but you got to understand, I'm also a liar, a cheater, and a manipulator. And I'm like, who the hell is approving this shit, bro? Who is a? What type of a father are you to be a liar, a manipulator, and a cheater? And you want your kids to know that? I have a conspiracy theory if you want to hit oh the music. God, hold, hold, hold. That promo was definitely a promo that was pitched over Zoom because there's a certain father that's also a liar, a manipulator, and he actually put his family on TV. And I mean, it's basically Vince saying, by the way, I take exception to the fact you say, I'm not a father. <laughs> Look at your face in that picture. That's a great yeah. shot. That's a great shot. Yeah. I told my cat just before I got on, I said, you just have to understand, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm a manipulator, but I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, bro. Absolutely ridiculous, man. It's, uh, it's this thing of like, I, I think they still think, if you are a lying cutthroat piece of shit, that's a badge of honor in WWE. Like that's I, actually you're a baby face because you really want it. That's yeah. a Vince thing, a hundred percent. Yeah, it is, bro. It is, it is. And then, bro, for the second week in a row, we we have the heel who doesn't want a shot at the title. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I would love to come out there and get a huge raise and main event every show and every pay-per-view. Uh, but I'm just going to kick this guy. Yeah, I'm going to kick Ricochet. So you guys will have a match for next week. <laughs> it's ridiculous, bro. I haven't really asked you to break down a match. So let me get your take on that six man match between uh, Alpha Academy, Champa, and uh, Imperium. What do you think about this match? Once again, I go back to like, it, this felt like a tryout episode of Raw for the new company. This was overbooked way too much. Not excited. I mean, it just felt like you had to try to watch what was going on. There was no, you know, that that ECW shotgun finish where you come in and you, they take the center thing and then they roll out and then it it didn't have a pacing or a rhythm. It just felt the whole match felt like this. Yeah, Did yeah. Did you feel that? Like, oh like, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, like yeah. there was no, as you say, there was no table set. Even though they did that segment, it didn't felt properly set, and then it didn't feel like that people knew their place within the match. It seemed like everybody was just trying to have their own business during this match. Very, And the fact Trumpet was in it, even at the end where they were stretching him with the submissions, I'm thinking, okay, I'm still wondering what Trumpet's doing. What is he doing here? God, I'm just sitting here wondering, bro, because, you know, you're saying maybe they they felt like they were auditioning, which which leads me to believe, bro, maybe there was Endeavor people you know, mm-hmm. at the show and, and which, which, you know, again, bro, it's like, bro, these are non wrestling people. And I, I promise you, man, they, they're going to sit back and look at this show the same way we're looking at this show, bro. I mean, you got, you got a whole new set of eyes looking at this show that are professional people. They are not wrestling marks and my God, bro, I, I don't know how a normal person would not look at this show and think it's Mickey Mouse kindergarten. And also what they're going to look at, too, is uh, there was that news you sent Ben and myself via email about yeah. Fox not wanting to renew. So now they're they're definitely against the wall. Yeah. Excuse me. So they need to really look at this and say, what's our overhead? What are we paying? How many talents do we have? How many shows? How do we get that licensing fee back to where it was or even higher to match? Because UFC is doing pro wrestling better than WWE. I think we said that like six yeah. years ago. Yeah. And they're yeah. still doing it. But so for all we know, on a positive note, we could get the pro wrestling we always wanted from from the MMA company and not the yeah. wrestling company. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, and maybe that's a blessing in disguise, man. We'll see. Well, I was gonna say too about Shayna and Zoe. And other things, the only thing I think that could put a fresh coat of paint on WWE right now is the people that could legitimately talk about Lashley and other people too. start having hybrid pay-per-views or start having WWE guys and girls training for UFC and then Colby Covington coming over to WWE. The only thing you can get both companies to come up is to cross those streams and really do it well. And I would not mind seeing that at all, man. If it's going to bring more reality to 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 the WWE end, I have no problem seeing that at all. Um, Stevie, I, I'm we're, we're doing this Rhea Ripley uh, uh, Rachel Rodriguez match. I, I got to ask one question. I ask this question all the time, bro. Why are you putting fake eyelashes on going into a fight? What 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 is it with these women wrestling with fake? I who would who would sit down in front of a mirror and put on fake fila, fi, fake eyelashes before? Would Ronda Rousey do that in UFC? She's putting on a fake uh, eye, eyelashes before. I I don't understand this, bro. This is what takes me out of the element. You're going into a fight. But yet I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have the makeup lady put on fake. I I I don't understand it. Well, it's the same thing with the actual makeup too, because UFC fighters, from what I've I've heard from John Hartnett, that you don't want to get anything in your eyes. So if you have mascara right. and other things, yeah. and makeup starts running because you're sweating, you're you're literally sweating your butt off, and you're going to not have to. And that could be a, a real thing for pro wrestling too. Yeah, that's the thing in pro. I could go to the Jey Uso match. I'll, I'll point that out real quick. He got his eyes raked, and 
he literally just turned to the camera with his eye. Did you catch that? Yeah. He came yeah. back, hit the enziguri, stood up, looked into the camera. Dude, have you ever even just grazed and kind of poked your eye? How do you sell that? You don't yeah. turn around and say, wow, I can see everything better now. Yeah, no. So nuts. Which, bro, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask one, 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 requ- one request for the uh, Stevie Richards Telestrator show, okay, bro? Stevie, we talk about this all the freaking time because, bro, my my whole thing is this: if this is real combat, and and the last I checked, we're supposed to believe this is real combat, okay, bro? If this is real combat, then it should look like UFC. It should look like a boxing match. It should look like a brawl in a bar. Okay, bro, if this is real combat. Stevie, you got to do a Telestrator, and, and this may be the match to do it on. Stevie, when are they going to stop with the ridiculous funny faces, bro? The, the like over, the, oh, oh, my, the over, the, oh, Stevie, my God. What is, Rhea Ripley must have did that Four times during this match, do they not know? And and again, okay, maybe they don't know. What about the freaking agent? Somebody has to know that that is not a normal response. If you are in hand-to-hand combat and this is a fight and you are trying to win this fight, you are not going to make freaking Kool-Aid faces, bro. It's it's not a natural response. What don't they understand? Well, you can lump in. I'll do a Telestrator one on the actual when they win titles, too, and they can't believe. Like, who covered the person? Like, I can't believe I just won the title. Or they cry like... Like, I never knew this would happen. Well, where have you been for the last 25 minutes, pal? You've been in the match trying to win. Every UFC fighter, when they win, they're like, that. you're goddamn right I won, yeah, you know? Yep, yep, yep. That's the way Austin, Taker, Rocky, when they win, they don't look around like, oh, my God, what just can happened? I, can you imagine uh, Muhammad Ali crying after he knocked out Sonny Liston, bro? I can imagine Muhammad Ali could teach wrestling promos to wrestlers today. Oh God, bro, are you freaking kidding me? Well, what? So, and, and at the end of the match, we have the return of Nia Jax, and bro, the, the the whole finish of this thing is way to hold the phone. So Rhea Ripley is the heel, Rachel Rodriguez is the babyface. So Nia Jax comes out lays out the baby face, then proceeds to lay out the heel, then heals on the crowd by, you know, throwing these these kisses to the crowd. Bro, what the frick was this finish here, bro? Yeah, I mean, from a physicality standpoint, you have a girl, and I even thought about doing a video on this, you have a girl that had a reputation for hurting people, for hurting other girls, for girls not wanting to work, for getting in the shoots live on TV with Charlotte. Yes. And the way you bring her back is first, you're you you never been in, you haven't been in front of a crowd in God knows how long. So you're amped up. It's already dangerous. But give this and girl then, this is kind of I just want to back that up, yeah. Stevie, because this is how she broke Becky's nose. She had that freaking adrenaline rush, bro. And girls are coming out of everywhere, and she's just blasting away. And she just so went like that. Yeah. Exactly. That's just the back of what you're saying. But go ahead. So she's even more excited because at least then she was on TV every week. This right. is brand new. Gotta make an impression, gotta get myself over. So let's Samoan drop one of the girls that just came back from injury, by the way. Drop her in a Samoan drop on the floor. Then let's do the Yokozuna bonsai drop, but not hold on to the ropes and literally sit on her. I don't know if she has implants or whatever, but you could have busted whatever, broke her ribs, you landed right on And she sat there, and then as a baby face, you start paint brushing her with slaps after the bro. That was that was Stevie. That no way that was in the script. I'm watching this and I'm like, bro, she's going in with everybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's going into business for herself 100% here. And when she goes through that curtain, if Vince is there, bro, there's going to be a problem. Or maybe not. But that's yeah. that's already a situation. You just come back and you've already regained that reputation within seconds. And actually, now you're disrespecting somebody rather than sitting there. And I don't understand the bonsai drop in itself Yeah, with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I could say what's wrong with that, but... They write it down on loose leaf or on an iPad. They give it to the director. This was not unscripted because the cameras were right where they should have been. I would have been like, what are, they, what are we doing? We're putting two girls at risk. So for all we know, Rhea Ripley has a Bruce Sternum right now. She's your champion, and she might be out. Yeah, yeah. I and this, this whole- is, and this girl's a baby face squashing a heel, and then I got to say it again. As a baby face, why are you provoking the heel by disrespecting her. It's very, very strange. This whole finish was very, very, uh, 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 you know, kabukiish. But again, bro, he, 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 here's the sad part, Stevie. Let's be honest. If, if, if Nia Jax was the big surprise for appearing on the end, how many people didn't see that? Because, again, Monday Night Football is on, and they turned off the match when it started. So they were never around to see Nia Jax at the end of the match. And, bro, listen, you're going to see that in the ratings today. I, I, I promise you, you're going to see that in the ratings today. And think about it. We have Monday Night Football, first Monday Night Football game. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Exciting game. Going into overtime. Book better than wrestling. I, I mean, there's there's okay. conspiracies about It's a little too convenient. No, 9-11, all that stuff and yeah. everything. But yeah, nobody's watching. And the, the funny part was, here's an art tryout moment for the company. Did you notice when they opened, they had the wide shot and they said a, a jam-packed Norfolk scope or whatever the yeah. arena was yeah. telling Endeavor, man, we're selling out. I mean, it was really strange. Yeah. And meantime, Stevie, did you notice this? And they haven't done this in a long time. They were selling next week's Raw in Salt Lake City because you they're not selling tickets. They mm. never do that, bro. They never promote the next week's Raw. They billboarded it, and I'm like, shoot, bro, I guess they're not selling tickets in Salt Lake. It had a very – well, we told them. they did Every time before Monday Night Football, how long are we doing the review show? It's got to be seven years now, maybe eight, you know. Why are you starting in September trying to catch up the Monday night football? You have to give people six months to a year of consistently good TV to even, you still might lose, but you're not going to lose your AI. I would say that main event, if there's a quarter hour, maybe a million people, I I think it could have dipped under a million. Oh, but see, I, I, I think to me, bro, I think, I think that's the magic number. If the if this show ever goes below a million, I think that I think that's the wake up call to this company. Can I have another conspiracy theory? Absolutely. Hit the music. This is a rehash conspiracy theory that we talked about, where they repeatedly put the girls in the main event and set them up to fail against Monday Night Football. Now, does Vince and the creative team have it out to say? It wasn't us that drew a bad rating right before you guys took over. It was them. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Somebody's got to always be the scapegoat, man. But when when those numbers come in today, they are not going to be healthy. What time did it come in? Do you think we'll have them by the time we start Master Shoot Theater? No, they don't come in until like 4 (laughs) o'clock. How archaic is that? You can't do real time ratings in two thousand twenty three. No, they they still they still come in at the very very end of the day. Stevie, I want to um, man, bro, I can't. I what was it? Man, you you got a great topic. Uh, in with the, the the latest Telestrator, I saw it and I'm like, oh god, bro, I would love to see that. What what is it again? You do so many great shows, but the last one I just saw was awesome. It was the one on Goldberg ending Bret Hart's career. Yeah, that that was it. That was it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny with that, too, because like I try to explain during the videos, I'm just looking at the context of the actual match. I don't know what Bret did nine matches after that. I don't know how he came into WCW. I'm looking at the minutiae and the nuance, and he was concussed before the kick. 
I'm yeah. convinced of it. And then there was people who always the ring post, the figure four on the ring post. But no, no, he was acting concussed long before. As a matter of fact, he may have hit his head on the figure four ring post spot because he was out already. And yeah. he just didn't tuck. But it was fascinating. And it's just a lot of different opinions. I put it up there because obviously it's been requested by the people on the YouTube channel. I did not enjoy one bit. I think you could tell by watching it. I don't enjoy like breaking that down, analyzing that, but paying it forward. And hopefully if younger talent look at that and know that nah, I shouldn't be in the ring or when I am concussed, it's over. Let's, let's just do it. Cause we're talking about 1999, a completely different world oh, God, in the world yeah. of concussions and CTE oh, yeah. and Brett pushing forward. I, I respect and honor him for it, but I also selfishly would be like, I wish he just laid there and ended the match and yeah. he had a chance to heal. So even some people, dude, I, I mean, it's just weird how people are. There's some people even were like, well, it's Russo's fault because he was running Brett Ragged every single time. <laughs> I'm like, what? How did Vince get into this? Oh, I don't even know God. if you were there during that. Uh, like, bro, I'll never forget, bro, one time, like, because, you know, bro, they, you know, the wrestlers, you know, they, they're conditioned to not sell anything and they're not hurt. I want to get this feedback. now. Hold on. I don't hear it. I mean, but I don't want you to yeah. get it. I'll, I'll fix it during the uh, break. I'll never forget this one time, bro. Like, I was like, bro, like, this is seriously like Bill DeMott, <laughs> bro. Oh, man. <laughs> He he told me years later, Stevie, years later, because Bill DeMott was one of those I'm I'm a never hurt guy. He would never sell anything. Bill was like one of those man's men, you know, never sell anything. Bro, he told me like 20 years after the fact, bro, he lost his eyesight during a match. He was concussed and he went out there. He he lost his eyesight, bro, and went on with the match. Yeah, that's Bill. He told me about that, too. And um, that's funny about that, you know, because there's things I put in that video that I think people could value, like about having not just a concussion, but even a headache or a migraine, and you're in a building with bright-ass lights. And oh, they, yeah, that's why I was saying during the, during the thing, if people could go watch it, if you have watched it, thank you. You know, Brett doing everything like so un Bret Hart, like putting his face in the mat, not showing the camera, covering his face, closing his eyes, not, not selling, just beast, just trying to get to his feet. And like, I, that's how I knew I was like, this dude is, is out. He's just right trying now. to, he's just trying to get through it. He's trying to, to, to survive something. I yeah, mean, and yeah. then after a while, I don't even think he knew where he was at, but the fact that dude just kept pushing forward, I don't think it was smart. I don't recommend it, but I do honor the fact that he, he's an old school wrestler. just pushed through, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. the thing is too, on the other end of it, just to close it off. I, I said that too. I was like, you know, not only do I feel bad for Brett, but I do feel, feel bad for Goldberg that he has to carry that albatross for the rest of his life to some degree. And, you yeah. know, and he didn't call Brett or he didn't contact him or check on him. Yeah, I mean, we all make mistakes, but, you know, I'm sure Goldberg doesn't sit there and go, yeah, good for Brett. You know what I mean? Oh, I, don't no, think, no. I don't think anybody yeah, intended no. for anything to go wrong. Yeah. All right, Stevie, tell, tell us about the new show and then tell us what's going on lately with Stevie Richards Fitness. Sure. Uh, the Stevie Richards Wrestling Analysis Channel, we just we're about at 52,000 subscribers right now. Uh, we also have patreon.com forward slash Stevie Richards. Now I'm doing a weekly thing on Patreon where I'm answering questions and comments for the Patreon supporters, uh, which, by the way, we're well over 100 Patreon supporters. It's it's insane growth. I'm very, very blessed and grateful. Yeah. Stevie Richards Fitness, we're actually going to offer more free stuff on there, talking about workouts, product reviews coming back. And the newest one, this one I think you can definitely get benefit from. Your cardio equipment is lying to you, Vince. Wow. You know what I'm talking about? No. What, what What do you mean by that? Cardio equipment and cardio equipment companies, fitness companies in general, will overestimate your caloric burn. So they're going to say you burn 12 to 15 calories per minute on a cardio device, but you're actually burning like five to seven. And that adds up because you want to be in a caloric deficit. Say you want to lose weight. You, right. you want to make sure you're kind of 250 to 500 calories under your maintenance. 
Well, if you're taking into account a pre-core treadmill, elliptical, or anything else, you're overestimating you're not losing weight during the course of a week. You could be overestimating it by a thousand calories, depending upon how. So it is something people need to be aware of. And it's something every, even apps and smart fitness companies, they all want to gift calories to people using their product. Now, how did you, how did you come to this uh, conclusion, bro? How'd you find this out? I always knew it. I mean, I always looked at it and I wore a chest strap and compared it many years ago, but I never brought it to the forefront to bring awareness. And that isn't like telling the company, like you guys are deceitful or doing this and that. It's telling people instead of grabbing onto the treadmill, like heart rate monitors, wear the Apple watch, wear a chest strap, get an accurate reading. And then you're going to start losing weight because you now know how many calories you're burning and taking in. So that'll be a video probably by the end of the week I'm going to put out. Wow, that is uh, that's very interesting, bro. I never even thought about that. Uh, what 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 topics we want to cover today on Massachusetts Theater? Dude, I already forgot what I said earlier. What was the, the hemp the hemp gimmick? We talked about the hemp gimmick earlier. Oh yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, there's a thing about obviously with the big pharma and stuff like that criminalizing any natural treatment, natural cures. Cancer is a big thing, but I think the the one people don't know about is really. Hemp, cannabis, Woody Harrelson's a big proponent of that. Yeah. But how the paper barons took over like William Randolph Hearst and then the Rockefellers and then even hemp for fuel, the oil barons like the Rockefellers and other people and JP Morgan and people like that just said, let's criminalize this so we can monopolize these markets. And we're still in 2023 criminalizing cannabis and hemp and stuff like that. And I wish Ben was here because Ben knows firsthand in real time yeah. what's happening with that. Yeah. Bro, you know what else I want to talk to you about that we never we never really spoke about? Bro, you you worked a lot with punk, right? Yes, I did. Let's I want to talk about that. Let's actually, not- a little teaser. I actually got punk his job in WWE. Yeah. Let let let's yeah. talk about that because man, what 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 an interesting figure. And an interesting guy. I never talked to, with Stevie about his relationship with Punk. We are going to cover all of that on Master Shoot Theater, bro. Also, remember to watch the uh, SmackDown review right here. Ben is on the SmackDown review with Stevie. That is it, everybody, for me and Alien Gold Hunters. Whatever that means. We will see you next week.